0: good day good day everyone did you know that disengaged leaders can actually neutralize effective hr practices even good pay and benefits uh positive company mission and altruistic practices all of that can be neutralized by a disengaged leader so today on the copy with Rhonda show we're going to talk about the dangers of disconnected leadership so if you're ready Let's learn to lead above the grind A great day everyone so glad to have you all here we're ready for another fantastic and wonderful conversation let me bring our panel up today and uh, we're gonna have a fantastic conversation so before we get started I want to say hello to everyone thank you so much for being here and welcome to the coffee with Rhonda show we are your cup full of inspiration revelation and wit for today's savvy leaders this is episode 52 and Our power hour today is on the danger of disconnected leaders. So really quickly, before we get started, you all know how this goes. Tell us where you're watching from, and don't forget to tell us what's in your cup. Don't forget to comment. Your comments really do drive and power our conversation. And I have a big ask. Doesn't matter if you're watching live or on replay. Take a moment to like and share the video. Someone else out there wants to hear it. Wherever you're watching from, particularly YouTube and even on Facebook, hit the subscribe button. Now, my name is Rhonda Y. Williams. I'm your host for the show and I'm known as an R soul or a recovering stressed out leader. Today, I am an elite leadership coach helping executives and entrepreneurs decide it's time to stop the madness, reduce stress, and live a more successful and well-balanced life. So let me just share with you What's in my cup today? I have hazelnut coffee and I have some a dash of ginger uh, in the coffee as well. So that's me. Let's go to our co host, Marae Tulakima. Marae, the greatest engineer. Uh, yeah, All right, I'm going to get it right today. Good evening. Uh, Good night to you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's good night, and in one hour it's gonna be Sunday. So uh, it's always good to finish the day with a coffee, of, you know, a coffee with Rhonda. My <laughs> name is Mariah Mariah Tulekima, based in Perth, in Australia. I am the greatness engineer. Uh, so I have an engineering background, but I'm talking about engineering greatness into people's lives. So that's my mission to make sure that people understand that you know they are not limited at all and uh, they can step into their greatness and start to do beautiful things in the world so that's me i'm an entrepreneur and i'm also uh, the ceo of the empty energy resources and i'm happy to be back here every you know every sunday and today i'm drinking uh, so i have a turmeric a turmeric tea mm. with uh, some uh, lemon so that's really good
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Murray. And uh, and we're really excited to have our guest for today. Uh, Faust, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and then tell us what's in your cup.
2: My name is Faust Ruggiero. I'm the author of the Fix Yourself Handbook. I've been counseling for oh, about four decades now. Uh uh, individual, family, marriage, all those kinds of things, uh, wrote the book to try to move forward a program called The Process Way of Life, which I developed and uh, have been teaching for about 20 years now. Um, uh, moving this forward, or doing a lot of promotions, a lot of the radio show I'm doing now. Uh, so I'm, I'm getting ready to turn the book into an audio book. So it's a busy time in my life. And I'm also keeping the counseling going because like both of you, I have this passion for getting people to the next level in their life. So it's a busy time. In my cup, I'm on the tea side also. I'm an herbal tea guy. So I've got uh, some spearmint tea with rose hips and lemon today.
0: Ooh, rose hips, awesome. I don't think we've heard that one on the show, Murray
2: no, I <laughs> like to be different. <laughs>
0: No, that's great. It's wonderful. And it's so great to have you on the show. We have our other uh co-host coming in. Um Ms. Roz, we're gonna bring go ahead and bring you in. Hello. Good Hello. great day to you. Perfect opportunity. We're doing our introduction. So tell us who you are, as if they don't know and what's in your cup.
3: Hi <laughs> you guys, I'm Roz. I'm so sorry. So we always have some type of technical difficulty, but all is well. You know, we keep pushing forward. Uh, I'm, I'm Ross Jones, for those of you who don't know, and I don't know why you don't know by now. But anyway, oh. <laughs> I'm the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we expand the life of your loved one. And why do I do what I do? is to help the caregiver on that journey to relieve that SOS, which is stress, being overwhelmed, and providing safety and security for your loved one. When you can't do it all, give us a in and, awesome. and, 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 no. <laughs> and in my cup, I have my regular, my, my peppermint tea
0: all the honey
3: and the lemon (laughs) (laughs) all right everyone so let's
0: say good morning out there mom's out there good morning mom looking forward to another great show cran apple juice And my every week you have something fun and delicious in your cup Mm -hmm. so thank you so much uh nima from philadelphia says i'm sipping black tea with a splash of rum oh Okay, so you and I need to talk after this. We, we need to talk about that a little bit. And then we have Regina out there, and she has coffee in her cup in San Antonio, Texas. Good morning, everyone. So let's go ahead and dive into our conversation today, because we're going to talk about disconnected leaders mm. and the danger of disconnected leaders, right? Because I do believe that there is a danger in this. I want to start by sharing um, some some statistics around this uh, and what I found to be pretty interesting as you think about um, disconnected leaders and what happens when you have a disconnected leaders, which is that you then have a disengaged team or staff or people around you. But there's a danger and a cost to that. So let me share this. I'm going to share my screen with you and share with you a few of the statistics around um, disconnected leaders. Make sure I'm sharing the right one. All right, there we go. So for those of you particularly listening in and not really watching the screen, the statistics say, um, here are five stats on the danger of disengagement. Disengagement costs around $450 billion annually. That's billions with a B, right? Is the, the cost of disengagement as it has been measured. of employees are not engaged or are actively disengaged. 75% of of employees, right? I got two ofs here. 75% of employees quit because of their boss and 85% of employees are actively looking or open to exploring new opportunities. 85% now, 89% of employers believe Employees leave for more money when only 12 percent do. So some interesting numbers and statistics around the dangers of having a disengaged workforce. So let's talk about that a little bit. And I want to first just start by getting your reaction to any of those. Ross, let's start with you. Anything in particular resonate with you from that
3: list? Oh, I can believe that they're disengaged because of because of all of this technology. You have so much stuff pulling on you. You have not only do you have your, you know, you have to take care of your family. You have to take care of, of you know, y- y- your job. Now you have these notifications and alerts going bleep, 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 bleep all day long. And you feel like you have to answer them, but you don't. You don't, but it's so easy to be uh, pulled off of focus, to be deterred, you know, uh, you know, uh, short term span. People don't even want to read books and magazines. Everything has to be done within 30 seconds, within two minutes. You know, they even tell you, you, you know, your engagement on Facebook is less than two minutes. IG, you know, all of this, all of this, but we control what comes in and goes out. We control that. So our disengagement is partly our fault because we don't set boundaries. And we talk about this all the time. We don't set boundaries. Turn off those notifications. I tell you guys every day I take a nap. I turn it all off. I Look, I close this down and I close my eyes and I shut it down. And, and, and we have to do that. So um, disengagement is partly our fault because we have allowed social media to come in and to take over our lives instead of us social media is controlling us instead of us controlling social media and I'm done speaking
0: let me unmute um, no thank you I think that's really important that there are a lot of factors now that are all competing for our attention and it really is hard to figure out where that attention really needs to go so uh, Faust, I'm, uh, Faust, I'm gonna come to you last on this Murray um, what did you see on that list
1: I've seen the cost of not engaging with people and also uh, you know the the communication that is not effective at all, because I think the disengagement is about communication. So we don't actually know how to communicate. and a lot of leaders think that they know how to communicate, but you know we don't know the basic, which is listening first, take the time to listen and not just listen to what we want to listen, but listen to people we are talking to and then engage into, you know, a dialogue and understand really what, you know, what they need and how we can help them as leader. And uh, And it's difficult, like what, you know, Rose was saying, it's difficult to do that now because we always, you know, being a leader is now getting busy and uh, we get busy with all kind of things and we forget about, you know, taking your taking time to sit down and to talk and to understand you know how we come across to understand what are the key problems that we need to pay attention to and not just you know um have the feeling that you know communicating or being an effective leader is about movement is about you know speed is about uh, you know getting notice And I think that's that's where the problem lies, is really, you know, have this opportunity to understand what it is for us, uh, you know, communication right now in this very disrupted, uh, uh, you know, uh, society and and environment. What is communication and how how do we communicate effectively to really engage people and and help people through, you know, uh, anything that needs, you know, our attention.
0: Mm hmm. No. So we have, you know, Roz, you mentioned sort of the intrusiveness of all of the distractions. And then, Marae, you're really speaking to the communication and taking the time to engage with your people in that way um, and the cost of it. Right. Four hundred and fifty billion dollars is a lot of money. Um, Foss, what do you see and what did you see on that list that stood out for you?
2: You know what? Uh, the last uh piece on there where it said the employer thinks that they're leaving for money and they're not that that, that's just shows me how far apart the communication system is because and I believe that statistic you know I go in and do employee assistance programs small businesses to large corporations and what I always see is this this big a gap between the upper management and the lower and the upper management will, uh, management people will consistently bring in new programs that are somehow supposed to make everything better. And I will say to them, did you include lower management and line people in the information process? Cause they're going to want be the ones that have to implement your programs. Mm-hmm. And the answer is almost universally, no, we hired the outside consultants. And I say, well, they're not in. They're not in that factory. They're not on the floor doing things. They're not discussing what happens when things break down. Those people that you're not talking to hold all that viable information that you're going to need to move ahead. The other thing is, is back to that uh, technology thing. Not only are we distracted by it, we're using it to communicate instead of going to a person and talking to them. We're texting, in the same building. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I was at one uh, company at large, if I mentioned a company, you'd know the name. And I said, uh, this person was texting the other person about something at the meeting who was in the next office. And both room both office doors were open. I, said, I don't understand. You don't want to talk about a disconnect. You know, if you're going to connect with people, go and talk to them. If you're going to implement something you know the strategy is is it has to be delivered by those people so it's only going to be as strong as the people who are going to actually implement the program so i would assume it makes sense to talk to them a for morale purposes b for communication and three for efficiency
0: Mm, that's really powerful i was thinking about that when you when you brought up the texting the first thing that came to my mind is I bet they were like right in the next room from each other because, gosh, we just do that. Right. Technology is so easy, but it's it's so much less personal. Right. You don't really get the same feeling. So Michael's joining us this morning. Michael's uh, checking in from St. Petersburg, Russia. Good morning, Michael. Um, Disengagement happens because the leader has forgotten their job is to take care of the people while people take care of the processes. Excellent point. Many leaders focus on the task, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Michael, Maria's also out there. Good morning, Maria. It's great to see you uh, tuning in from the Netherlands. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And then Nima said, "I agree with the comments of the group, but I believe the pandemic has made it much worse and easier to disengage with people." So I want to ask, I want to ask the panel that: What role do you think the pandemic has played? in all of this um, dis- disengagement disconnectedness focusing on stuff instead of focusing on people ross let's come to you uh first do you think the pandemic has played a role in this
3: the pl- the pandemic has played a role but you know what the pandemic has also for some people made us understand the importance of family and communication because for for instance me in healthcare. Communication was totally cut off. Physical communication was cut off for a lot of elderly people. So it has put a major uh, impact on them mentally and physically, because as I've always said, that those facilities were not made for isolation. They were made for community and their community was cut. I mean, the lifeline was literally cut off. They couldn't eat together. They couldn't walk up and down the halls, they couldn't go outside, they could do nothing. And so a lot of them either died or went into depression or, you you know, now aren't able to walk because we limited them to their apartments. Physical activity, so when you limit physical activity, mental activity, all this activity that stimulates us, yeah, it caused a problem. Mm -hmm. COVID caused a huge, not only for people in their a living, but even for children that go to school that are so used to being around other people, what has it done to our children? How has the suicide rate gone up? Right. You know, there's, you know, there's a lot of things that COVID impacted that people didn't think about. They didn't think about.
0: I'm done. Yes. And now we're thinking about them, right? To your point, COVID has brought a different level of awareness um, for us in some of this. And Moray, what's, what's what what about you what do you see as the impact the pandemic had on a disengaged and disconnected leader
1: i think the, the pandemic has has worsened things because uh, especially in in a lot of setting where there were already dysfunction like you know in 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 uh, in in housing where there were domestic violence or those kind of you know problems it actually amplify a lot of things where, uh, you know, when the people in those house households could connect outside with real people, they could cope with, you know, what was happening. But now they have no, you know, no recourse. They have to, you know, to, to really find a way and they end up into depression or it becomes really physical. And even for children, uh, you know, Rose mentioned, you know, children, for them, they need to move, they need to be in contact with people, they need to talk, they need to, you know, they need hugs, they they need, you know, to smile, to... But, you know, through all this pandemic, it it was impossible for them. Impossible for them. I still remember, you know, uh, when all of this started in in my house, everybody was just, you know, the kids were having, you know, their uh, school through the internet, and our, the parents who we were working through the internet, but we were not communicating at all anymore because, you know, for us the most important thing was this, this, uh, you know, computer. So we were completely disconnected until we just realized if we are in this house, let's all disconnect and talk because we are all here for the first time. Uh, normally, everybody just, you know, have its own activity, but we are here, so we need to talk. There's no, we're completely disconnected, even if we are together. So it made it made really a lot of things worse.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree that it was such a it was such a fast shift that none mm-hmm. none of us really had time to figure out what it meant. Um, Faust, one of the things I heard I've heard from leaders is now that we're moving out of the pandemic, can we bring everybody back into the office because you know, we need to see each other and that's where we are stimulated and We get our real creativity. And, and I, and I kind of feel some kind of way about that. Right. I've got two feelings about that. One of them is, OK, I get it, that it's good to be physically near people and be able to to leverage each other's energy and passion. But I also wonder. Isn't there something that you can still do, even in the virtual setting? to keep engagement high and to stay connected with your people, uh, given the range of technology that we have access to. So I don't know, thoughts, what say you?
2: You know, Rhonda, technology is here to stay. And, and Roz made the right comment. Either it's gonna use us or we're gonna use it. Uh, we have a tendency uh, to light our comfort zones and to be as, you know, uh, as on, much on autopilot as we can, so we let it run us. Um, what I'm seeing now, and it's scary because, uh, most, a lot of people are going to go remote and stay remote. It's it's less expensive. Um, uh, they're saying it, it benefits the employee, but I really don't think it does because It brings that isolation factor back into it again. The other interesting thing is that, you know, most good businesses have an HR department where where employees can go if they have uh, if they have problems and an HR department and upper management can monitor people who are having problems. We're not going to see those people anymore. They're going to be at home. No one's going to communicate with those people. They're going to look they're going to sign in in the morning. They're going to look to see that their work is done. They'll have a meeting every so often to determine if some things about work have to be done, but no one is going to say, How are you doing today? Mm-hmm. You know, throughout this, I chose to counsel in my office. I'm fortunate I have a very large office, so I can maintain distances even without masks. Uh, and I saw all my people, but I watch a lot of people doing what I do for a living, which is to counsel people, and they're doing it from computers. And I say, Well, you're not seeing them you're not seeing the whole body so there's no body language there there's this remote thing sometimes they're distracted they're hearing sounds from up elsewhere in the house they're on their keyboard some people are counting with a phone in their hands you know we're doing all those kinds of things if we're gonna you know we're only going to be as strong in this coming out of this pandemic as we choose to be we have to we've got to go to this with our strengths and stop relying on these other things to make our life easy. We have a job to do. We have to move forward on this. We're going to have to get going with it.
0: Yeah. Wow. You know, there's, there's definitely a lot there, um, to unpack. And I want to tune into something that you said, because you said, um, that when, um, we were in the office, we would see each other and we could have general conversations and we could say, how are you now? We're just looking to make sure that the work is getting done. But nobody is saying, how are you doing? Right? How's your family? Is everything okay? Right. So are we really taking the time to connect with people on that human level or have we completely lost all of that and we are just focused on the task because we are in this sort of disconnected state? Um, so so I, I want to say, Roz, as we think about this, and then I'm going to bring a comment up from Michael as after you answer this, Roz, how do we maintain that connection as leaders with people? Just from the human perspective, you've got a team, Roz, and your team is not all in one place, right? Because you all travel to take care of your people. How do you maintain connectedness with your people on a, on a human level
3: well first of all I have to call them I, I, I put in place supervisors and so the part that I can't do then I have the supervisor say hey can you go down the hallway and physically check on this person for me because there's some things now as a as a boss that I'm I'm not able to do as often now I do try to go in at least once a month and check on them and call them on the phone but that weekly contact i have the supervisors also to one of my employees i did have working remotely but now i know i have to phase her in slowly i can't i know i can't give her five days a week right now i i, I don't think that's going to be good for her because she's been away from the office been away from people for so long right. i'm gonna have to phase her in you know one day a week Two days a week. And I think that's what leaders and employees are going to have to look at. Yeah, you want everybody to come back, but if they all come back at one time, what is going to be some possible problems we may have? Because we don't know what they're bringing from the house, what kind of baggage. We don't know what kind of problems or issues. So we may have to phase people in. You know, work, you know, work in the office one day, work at home for, you know, three or four days, you know, for another month, come in for three days, work, you know, until we can get the people back to some type of normalcy. Because if you've been home all this time and then they have to deal with driving to work, traffic, driving home, trying to fix lunch, you know, getting clothes ready to where you've been sitting in your drawers, you know, I'm just talking. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so now you got to get back into a routine that you didn't have to worry about, you know, these, you know, these different types of things. So for me, I, I'm phasing my person in right now, one day a week, and then I'll phase them in maybe two or three days a week until, you know, they're fully back in the office, you know, five mm-hmm. So that's, that's my take on
0: it. Yeah. Roz, what I'm taking from that though, is that you are using an individualized approach to do to do what to respond in the way that your people need and everybody doesn't need the same thing exactly. right some people are going start crazy at home and they're mm-hmm. like just let me out of here get me back in the office that's a different person than the one who has been really comfortable um with in uh in a skivvies <laughs> right from the waist down because thank goodness zoom doesn't capture the bottom half uh, i think we'd all be kind of in trouble <laughs> i think we'd all be in trouble in that case so thank you for that, Roz. So Moray, I want you to respond to Michael's comment. Michael said, just like you used to walk down the hall or to the cooler to chat with employees about this topic, leaders need to talk to their employees every day for a short time to, um, to connect. Each team leader or director should be responsible for talking to the same 10 people every day Mm. All right, Michael, you you putting it out there for us, and you challenging us as leaders, um, Marae. What do you think about this?
1: Uh, I, I mean it's uh, it's a bit uh, you know <laughs> it's operational? Bit too, it's structure, it's <laughs> operational, but I think there's there's some truth in it because you, you need to uh, integrate it into, into your work. It's part of your, know, it's part of what you are assigned to do as a leader. Because you're leading people, you're not leading, uh, you know, you're not leading a chair or anything. So you have to make sure that you know you have a si- system in place. It doesn't have to be, you know, you working and 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 reaching out to ten people, but you know you have to put a system in place where you know that's gonna help you to get you know this this contact with your with your team because otherwise it's gonna affect you know the result of your of 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 your work as well because you need to have them on board they need to be you know in line with what you're trying to achieve your vision they need to understand what you're trying to achieve so you have to integrate this as a leader as part of, you know, that's, that's part of one of your assignment, which is to lead your people and make sure that you engage with them regularly to understand, you know, if they're okay and if uh-huh. they're really, you know, uh, following uh, on, you know, on the vision and on the mission that you're, you're trying to, uh, to, to, to put here
0: yeah no i agree that it's not cookie cutter right you Mm -hmm, again you've got to be you've got to have some flexibility in that so michael Mm -hmm. thank you for that comment because it really is a challenge and i would say you know you say you must talk to the same 10 people every day i say somehow you've got to connect with people every day i don't know what that looks like but you've got to figure it out as a leader what your team needs from you and you've got to make sure you're dealing with that on a human level so so um so false uh, Nima says one of the things we've always done at my place of employment is is practice the sanctuary model and trauma informed care. So our meetings consist of how are you, what is your goal for today, do you need help, and if so can you, t- who can you turn to for help. Nima, I love that. What a great model and what a great uh, way to connect with humans and while you're doing the work. So yeah, you've got 40 minutes of your agenda or whatever. If you've got a a 60-minute meeting, 40 minutes of your agenda focused on the task and the work that has to be done, but then 10 to 20 minutes of it focused on people. Have you used that model, or have you seen leaders using something similar?
2: We use models very uh, similar to that, uh, Rhonda. Um, What I'm finding uh, and what I've always found is that People are trying to, again, be efficient and go right to the profit motive. And they're unwilling to spend that 10 minutes or that 15 minutes. And what I've always told employers and upper management is you are going to pay that time, you're going to invest that time, decide whether you want to invest it in a, in a proactive way and really have your morale up and your people efficient and feeling good about themselves or decide whether you want to invest that after the fact and now you're in a fixed mode, but you're you know you're gonna pay one way or another, and it's it's a whole lot cheaper in the beginning, plus your morale is up and and people feel good about what you're doing. What I'm finding now is though is after the pandemic that everyone got used to not communicating, and even even on my level, when I say to them, Okay, I need to come into the business for a meeting, some of them are saying, Well, can't we do it remote? And I said, Wait a minute, if if you're not willing. To hit this thing head on, how do you think your employees are going to be? Even if they want to, they're going to assume that you have no interest in them. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, and I, you know, I, I can be a little pushy. At now, I said, so I'm on my way. So open the <laughs> door, you know. And and but and then and you know, it's funny. After we had those meetings, they said, you know, we missed this. Uh, we forgot all about it. We really thought we could do it the other way, but now you know, here we are in this um we're, and, and the first i was there about an hour and a half the first 20 minutes 30 minutes was about this setting this mm-hmm. back up and getting back to a personal mode they thought that investment in time was great i said great just what we were saying before invest that time routinely you don't have to go fix things later
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. no uh, important marae
1: and I support that because I still remember uh, I was, uh, that was 10 years ago, I was working for a company and uh, things were not working very well with with the manager and we always ask him to have this time with, you know, each one of us and he never had time. And one day in one week, everybody resigned. And, you know, he, he was just Asking, he but what goi- what's going on? Oh, my team, they're all resigning. Yes, we keep asking you to have this time to really, you know, talk to us. And because there's, there's obviously something wrong. But you refuse, you just, you know, uh, looking at the productivity. But then you have no, no productive people now. You have, and, and you're going to lose money. So it's, it's really important to, to have this time with, you know, the people that you're leading.
0: Yeah, that goes back to what Michael is saying, that daily interaction with a few will allow you to ask the personal welfare questions um, that are needed. And he says, welcome to the world of leadership. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, all right. Maria has a big one for us, Maria. All right. I have worked with a few companies during the pandemic in which they opted to open a new position for uh, for when the return to work occurs to talk to the employees Mm -hmm. and how they were doing, and it was very welcome. For me personally, I've always had my business remote, so I don't see how some folks uh, felt lost through this, Uh, and they seem to have welcomed this new adventure in their company. I will say many people now prefer being remote with occasional in-office, and you have to wonder if there's some benefit to having a hybrid model. Mm -hmm. And again, I think it's not cookie cutter everyone needs something different, right? Everyone is inspired differently and motivated differently. Um, can we do something hybrid? I don't know. I think that just the business has to decide where they are. But false, false, I experienced something similar when I recently went and did a workshop with an organization. It was the first time they had gathered in a year. Hmm. It Was the first time this leadership team had gathered in person in a year here's what we found. First of all, they were all like, Hey, great to see you in person, right? Cause of course, zoom and all of that was happening. But what we also found was that a lot of people didn't know each other. There were a lot of new team members, new managers. They didn't know each other had never seen each other before. And so it was very interesting when we started the meeting, the way we normally do it did. And someone said, maybe we should just take a minute to introduce everyone Mm -hmm. because we don't all know each other anymore. Right? So there's a lot of things that happened during the course of this pandemic and uh, getting disconnected. But I want to ask specifically now, I want us to talk about the leader uh, because I do think that the engagement on your team has a lot to do with how that leader is creating engagement, is driving engagement. Years ago, we decided, and we began to understand that employee satisfaction wasn't the term, it was employee engagement. And the reason is because they say satisfaction is just about, yeah, I'm feeling okay, you know, I'm doing all right. But engagement is your willingness to give, to really go above and beyond and to uh, really invest yourself even when you don't have to, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do For instance, do I have to turn on my Zoom camera when I get on a virtual meeting? If you're on the meeting with me, The answer is yes, because I don't like talking to a black box, right? And uh, I've had this conversation with some leaders, but you've got to be really clear about that. So here I'm going to share another another quote with you all that I found. And then what I want you to talk to me about is the role of the leader and what they can do, because maybe it's the leader that's disengaged, right? What happens if it's the leader that's disengaged and they are causing all of this disengagement in the team so here is um the quote we are dangerous when we are not conscious of our responsibility for how we behave feel and think right i think this is particularly important to our discussion because when a leader is disengaged and all of a sudden you have all of these team members Who are disengaged and no one then, now we're stuck and we don't know what to do. So, what happens when it's the leader that's disengaged? So, my question for all of you is how does a leader know that they are the one that's disengaged, i.e., you are the problem? (laughs) Right? How how, how does the leader know that they are the problem?
3: Your employees tell you. (laughs) I'm, I'm sorry, they do. And, look, I have to put my hand up and say I'm guilty because my employees came to me and said, hey, we haven't seen you. When are you going to come see us? And I wanted to tell them, I don't feel like you. But I couldn't. I'm the leader. <laughs> you know? You know, there, you know, there are days, like everybody else, that I don't want to do any human contact. But because I'm the leader, you know, those days have to be slim and next to none. Because I have people that I'm taking care of. Yeah, there's self-care days when I'm gonna take care of myself. Don't get me wrong now. Mm-hmm. But you know, when an employee brings it to my attention, then I need to look at myself. Rosalind, you know, what you know, you know, where in your schedule did you miss it? What did, you know, what didn't you do? And I'm, you know, and I tell my employees, I don't do it right. But I can't get it right if you don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. So right. I, I I have that open door policy to say, hey. Let me know if I hadn't seen you in such and such time so I can come out.
0: Mm, Yeah, Roz, that that is it. They will tell you. The question Mm. is, do we listen, right? Because they don't always just tell you straight out. Sometimes they tell you in their actions and what they do or don't do, right? So that's really important. So the question is- But you know
3: what, I want to say that too. I had one employee who wasn't showing up for work on purpose because she was trying to get my attention i was getting ready to fire her because she was showing up later when she was she was calling out and then she and then she said well i, I wanted to i wanted to talk to you and and i'm not going to say what i said because you know i'm you know my <laughs> you know i said well, you know basically i said well hell why didn't you just say something you, didn't have to go through, you know, because when you stop coming to work, it impacts everybody. It impacts the client, you know, your, your co-workers, me. All you had to say was, hey, I just want, I just need to talk to you.
0: Yeah.
3: You know, we could have saved a whole lot of time and, you know, you wouldn't be on probation right now because of a bad decision. Yeah
0: it's interesting and so let's keep talking about this but first i saw a couple comments come through so michael said uh suggest to the employees working at home if they do not perform well they have to come into the office daily if they perform well they can stay at home and work if they want to so again each organization right really looking at their team deciding what's necessary versus what's not Um, and then making those decisions. Regina says many leaders may have a workplace meeting in the morning or evening to talk, laugh and smile again. Also, let people know that help is there if they need it. And that's really important too, right? People have to know that help is there. So Marae, how do leaders know that they're the problem? How, how, like what what gives them that clue?
1: I mean, it, it's it's not easy, and we talked about listening. It's it's important to listen, and to listening doesn't just mean, you know, listening to, uh, you know, what they say. Sometimes it's just the body language. Sometimes it's just the attitude, like, you know, Rose was saying. She was, you know, this uh, lady was trying to get the, atten- the attention from her. So really have, you know, this... Um, uh, understand, you know, the communication in a way, because communication is not just about talking. It's, it it's integrates a lot of other things. So have as a leader really get, you know, to uh, understand and, and make the effort to understand how you come across, you know, when you communicate with your team and also be self-aware, you know, of the environment and how people behave. And I think that's, that's an important step for, for a leader. And, and ask, you know, you can create a setting where, you know, you, you ask for feedback. And I think that's something that a lot of leaders don't do anymore because uh, they actually, some of them don't actually know their responsibility. But that's part of the job, get the feedback. Understand what, you know, your team think about you. Uh, i've i've seen you know uh, a lot of uh, uh, um, company do uh the friday the Friday afternoon, which is you know more of the very relaxed you go for teamwork and 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 get you know this feedback to help them you know to 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 condition everybody and to understand you know what 's wrong and how they come across so this uh, uh work hard play hard type of you know Type of platform to get this, this, uh, you know, this, um, this feedback in a different setting because sometimes the office can fro- can freeze you. So right. they create this setting so that they feel more, you know, the uh, uh, the the fear is not there and they can talk and give this feedback. So yeah. that's that's one thing that I've seen working really well.
0: I love that work hard, play hard setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's scary, like you said, Marae. So mm-hmm. a lot of leaders won't ask the question because they're afraid mm-hmm. of the answers, right? Mm-hmm. If you ask people what they think of you, they will likely tell you. So mm-hmm. if you ask mm-hmm. that question, you must be prepared for the answer. Yeah. Michael says, look over your shoulder. If no one is following, then you are not a leader. So <laughs> so Mike, Michael, you're just calling us out today. So um, Maria says um, she's asking when you had that conversation with your employee, Roz, was it in typical Roz form? We're going to let you answer that one, Maria. I know I know you know the answer to that. <laughs> yes, yeah, she does. She knows the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and Maria says exactly what Michael said. So, you know, so as we think about leaders, what? what can they do? Because I do believe that sometimes they are not aware that I think they are not aware that they are the problem. It is a them problem. It is not a me problem. So if you fix those people out there, fix them, then life will be better. Right. So how does a leader begin to reshift and look in the mirror and point at themselves first? You
2: know, uh, when you talk about leaders, uh, one of the, you know, you look at what attributes go with leader and we talk about strength and we talk about the ability to lead people and uh, implement programs. But unfortunately, one of the things that goes with leading often is arrogance and it doesn't have to be in your face, arrogance. Sometimes it's a subtle arrogance, which is I'm kind of above the crowd. And what I always talk about my leaders about what I use is the humility component. I, I'm going to assume that I don't know. And I'm going to put people in a position to bring information to me. A good leader does that. It, you know, a leader does not mean I'm top dog. It's me. It's not about what I get. It's it's the responsibility that I've taken on. That's really what leading is. And, and, and our, our perspective about that has always been just a bit off. I'm the top guy. You do things my way. Uh, I implement this program. And then all you, you know, middle management, whoever, you you, you you go do all those things. My job, it's just like in anything else, if I decide to become a parent, it's not that I'm the boss of the house. I'm the guy that has to be sensitive enough to know where everybody is so I can help those people. Work, the work relationship is no different. If I use some humility, if I decide that there's a good chance I don't know, and I probably don't, if I, I have a company with a, even 100 employees, I know what all 100 employees are doing, of course not. So I assume I don't know, I rather than I do know. I assume I don't, I keep getting information from them and then when I get it, I will know, I'll know how to lead and their needs will be met, At least, at least better than they are now.
0: Wow, that's really powerful. Setting up systems and structures for people to constantly bring you information, to not be afraid just because you're the leader how many organizations out there um, discourage you from talking to the top leader in the organization, right? Because you are violating chain of command and it should go through me. And that's not right. I was listening. I, I could remember which organization it was. It was a pretty big, big company um, that implemented the CEO, implemented something where he said, if there's ever any problem, here's my email address, call me or or send me an email and let me know. Keep me informed. And this was to anyone in the organization. They all had his email address to let him know and he wanted to know. He said, I expect to know what that ended up doing. Is it caused all of the leaders under him to be doing that same thing to say, hey, If there's any challenge or whatever, I want to know right away. I want to know how I can help, how I can support. And what happened was initially they didn't trust those leaders that they would fix it, so they were going to the big guy. But when the leaders start reaching out and saying, let me know. I'm here to help. I want to fix it because, of course, they didn't want it to get to their boss, right? (laughs) They didn't want it going up that high. Then all of a sudden the the, uh, team started saying, no, I'll just send this to my boss. I know he'll take care of it, right? So it created this shifting dynamic, which I think is really interesting for us. So uh, we're going to get ready to um, do a couple of things, but Maria's got another one for us. She said, uh, I'm going to sort of summarize a bit. Effective communication is crucial. Um, You've got to get them to feel comfortable coming to you. To influence and inspire a team, you need to practice empathy and transparency and understand how others perceive you. So you're talking all emotional intelligence here. Sometimes." Uh, Leaders are in the position of being a leader, but they are not equipped with the skills. Oh, my goodness, Maria. That's like a whole nother show. That's a whole show because it is my pet peeve that leaders don't always have the skills to lead. They simply don't have the skills to lead at least effectively. Um, And so Regina said feedback is great. Get the feedback from your teams uh, or employers. The isolation is a concern long term, so leaders will constantly need to have in-person conversations. Yeah, we've got to talk to people. We simply have to do that because it's, you know, that is how people, that's how you build trust, right? So what I want to do now is it's 1050, we're going to start getting ready to do our wrap up segment where I really want to go around and I want to talk about what can we do to reduce the state of disconnectedness? right? How do we help leaders? um, What strategies can they use to really engage and connect more with their teams so that they can be more effective? Uh, Before we do that, let's do our little shot here with the coffee. So hold up your cup. All right, got it. Thank you. And so let's then talk about what can leaders do um, and we will do that uh, on the other side because, you know, we got to do our little fancy do that. So we're getting ready to go into the what's in your cup segment where we're going to share basically from this discussion, metaphorically speaking, what are we taking away? What have we put in our cups that we want to share with others? wow we'll- All right, so let's start our segment. The idea is we're gonna share our takeaways. What did did you uh, glean from this conversation that you want to share with others? Or it could be something new. Maybe you didn't get to state it on the show so far, something that leaders could do to become more connected with their teams. Because as we said, $450 billion a year Mm -hmm. disengaged, teams cost $450 billion a year to organizations. That's no small uh, feat there. So uh, we're, we're going to start with our co host uh, FOSS will come to you last. And as we come to you, we also want you to share how others can connect with you and uh, if they want to learn more about the work you're doing with the Fix It and <laughs> Fix Yourself Handbook. Uh, so uh, Roz, let's start with you. What are you taking away in the What's in Your Cup segment?
3: I was thinking about what Foss said earlier, as leaders, we have to come off of the ivory tower. Sometimes we get these positions and, you know, we get the big head and we have to realize that we're still human and that the people that we're dealing with are humans. So uh, and then also, too, as leaders, we have to pick the right leaders. Everybody is not meant to lead. Some people are meant to manage and to supervise. So that's what I picked up from our great guest, and I'm done speaking.
0: Mm, thank you, Roz. Everyone is not meant to lead, and um, wow, you know that's tough, and it's probably tough for some leaders to hear that. And if you feel like you're in that bucket, there's lots you can do, right? You can go and and pursue some education and learning and development and sharpening your own uh, sharpening your own toolset and skill set, and not waiting for someone else to do that for you marae um, what are you taking away today
1: for me is it's more about being proactive as a leader and really understand that engagement is part of the job as a leader and so really have leaders to understand that it's their responsibility and they have to take you know they they have to go toward the the people that they lead and and try to understand you know the dynamic and the right communication that they need to have with, with their, you know, the followers, if I can express myself that way. And, and I think it's more about looking at it as, you know, your problem as a leader more than anybody else's problem. And that's how, you know, you get the, the, the benefit, you know, the feedback that we are talking about. And you basically get, you know, the, the right leadership to your team
0: mmm thanks, Murray. It's so interesting that uh, one of the things I hear from what you're saying is that it's really the responsibility of the leader to own this, to initiate it. They have to go to the people. They don't have to come to you, right? You're the leader. You've got to go to them. So if your only engagement is when you make them schedule an appointment and come to your office, uh, that's a, that's a little challenging, right? That can be a little intimidating. Who wants to do that? but going out there, meeting them where they are is a different opportunity. Thank you, Murray. Um, Foss, what about you? What are some of the, uh, of the last takeaways that you wanna share? I know you, this is your area of expertise and so you do a lot of work here. So you can share with us um, anything you'd like us to take away.
2: You know, Rhonda, I, I operate in business the way I operate in my personal life. Um, if I'm going to lead, I have to make sure that I'm okay to lead so that you know this whole business thing we're talking about is this two-step process you have a leader that person is going to lead other people so we've got to know that the leader's okay and if you look if you know we this again we'll talk about a topic for another day uh, but if we did a, a show on uh, you know toxic dysfunctional leaders and what's going on in their lives you'd be surprised behind the scenes what these people are dealing with because the higher you aspire and the higher you go the more complicated life becomes and then you find the financial problems and the affairs and the, and the marriages that aren't going well and that's the leader that comes to work so we want to make sure the leader is okay first then we want to engage with uh the employees but if the leader is, is is a toxic person is a person who is depressed or anxiety written or drinking too much because they medicate you know when so they don't go to the corner bar they drink the 300 bottle of scotch it it, it doesn't make it there's no difference we have to make sure the leader is okay so the leader can then move into the employees and, and you're right get into where the employees are that's what i do and i don't just go meet with Uh, leaders you know I I have one corporation. it's a a worldwide foundry it's iron workers I go in the foundry I talk to these people you know while while they're on melt decks and and, because I see these guys I see the machines they're working at Uh, I see how they work I see how they how they operate with each other a leader's got to be able to do that or you are not ever going to get the information you need but if you're not okay You're going to avoid that situation because it'll be just one more thing you have to add to your day. So a two-step process. Uh, Make sure I'm okay, and then I go make sure my people are okay.
0: Mm, That's great. I love that. And, uh, Faust, if people want to uh, learn more about the uh, Fix Yourself Handbook or uh, any of the work you're doing, how can they reach you?
2: Uh, They can reach me. The best way is my website. It's my name, faustrogero.com. Uh, I dedicate that book to the, uh, I'm sorry, the website to the book. Uh, everything you want to know about me or the book or how I, how I work is there. There's a contact page. Please be, free, be uh, feel free to contact me, ask any question you want. Uh, we need to connect. I'm always open to do that.
0: Awesome. Thank you. We've got a couple of final comments here. So Regina said, hashtag the fake open door policy, LOL. And then um, let's see. And then Michael said, uh, treat the workers the same way they want to be treated. The leaders want to be connected and so do the workers." Oh, part two, you guys. (laughs) This is another show that we need a part two because it is that so many times and you just referenced this Paul. Sometimes we think that what the leader needs is so different than what the team needs. It's actually really not, right? Everyone is really needing pretty much the same things. And so it's interesting to see how we actually execute that in organizations. Um, Cindy says, love that intro to what's in your cup. My takeaway is uh, what I started with, communication. Most people I ask say they left work because of their supervisors. It's a tough fact. People don't want to recognize and acknowledge that when your team is leaving, they're often leaving because of you. And even though that's hard, if we can look at it, then we have a huge opportunity in front of us to fix it. Regina said, I agree with mother. It comes down to communication. I would also add in person, making it a point to ask questions in the workplace. Leaders need to pay attention to nonverbals and body language. Yeah, and you simply don't get all of that the same way. So Mm -hmm. it's been another great hour Thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you all so much for the comments. I love the comments. They're such a great part of our show and an important part of our show. Um, Foss, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you were an amazing, amazing guest. Great thank
2: you. it's been my pleasure.
0: Absolutely, so of course my two caffeinated co-hosts that are awesome and wonderful and amazing. Thank you all so much. For all of my panel, stay tuned. You know, for everyone else out there, we appreciate you being able uh, to spend some time with us. We want to learn together, grow together. I learn something on the show every single week, and uh, we appreciate you allowing us to spend a little bit of time with you as we learn to lead above the grind. We'll see you back here next Saturday, same time, same station. Until next week, everybody. Bye bye. Mm Thank you for watching the Coffee with Rhonda show. You can catch live episodes Saturdays, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. And if you are curious about leadership above the grind, you can download your copy of the Stress-Free Leader ebook at StressFreeLeaders.com.